Barack Obama said, the real test is not whether you avoid this failure because you won't. It's whether you let it harden or shame you into inaction or whether you learn from it, whether you choose to persevere. Zig Ziglar said, you can get everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. Robert Kiyosaki said, don't let the fear of losing be greater than the excitement of winning. Steve Jobs said, if you really look closely, most overnight success took a long time. Hello, welcome to Make Shit Happen, and today I'll be going back to episode number 68 with Lindy Eldridge. This was a great episode, and I feel like I need to share this again with my audience. Lindy Eldridge is your CHO, that is the Chief Happiness Officer of Happiness Journal LLC. She's an entrepreneur, mentor, number one best-selling author, keynote motivational speaker, breast cancer survivor, humorist, co-brand partner with Les Brown, TV radio personality and the podcast personality of, of I'm Crazy But You Can't Lock Me Up. If you get a chance, definitely check her podcast out of I'm Crazy But You Can't Lock Me Up. And last but not least, the creator of the Happiness Jungle Emotional Support Monitor. I believe it's something to gain from Lindy. She also gets personal and shares an experience with not feeling joy or being happy while in a relationship. But she also taught what she needed to do, how to overcome the trials and tribulations in life. It's an amazing, amazing episode. Let's listen back to Lindy Eldridge, episode number 68. And I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Make It Happen. Today, our guest is Lindy Eldridge. Lynn. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for accepting my invitation. How are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Couldn't have asked for a better day. Awesome. Lynn, I want to know first question is, what is the happiness jungle? The happiness jungle is where all people come to de-stress and understand how to live a good life. Awesome. And yeah. so if I got to ask you, who is Wendy, or who is Lindy? And who are you as a person? How would you describe Lindy Eldridge? Well, I'll share what other people say about me. How about that? Because it's very hard to speak about ourselves. Yes. And other people say that I have a big heart, that I love to give, I love to share, I have a New York state of mind, mm -hmm. and I'm just out to do the better best in the world and leave behind a legacy that I know is true and will always inspire those to have more than they've ever anticipated as long as they're willing to take and do what it what needs to be done. Because I come from the school of hard knocks, you know, I, nothing was easy for me, nothing was handed to me. So I am from the school of hard knocks. I am a product of my brand of who I am. And I just I've always known that I was meant to help people go to their next levels. So that's who I am. Lindy, when I was talking to you earlier today, I saw, you know, I told you that I saw on your LinkedIn profile that uh, you have some co-branding with Les Brown. And I told you how big of a fan I am. Yes. Mrs. B Mrs. Mimi Brown's little boy. That's right. That's right. And he is as delicious as you all believe him to be. Yeah. He's an amazing, amazing gentleman. He warmed my heart the day after I had my breast cancer surgery in 2017 when he called me to, um, you know, to extend his, his wealth and his wishes for me. And that right there told me that this man is absolutely genuine and that I have placed you know, a, a mark in his life. And right. now I'm a co-brand partner with him. And he is, he, he's truly, he is, he is Les Brown. <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell us a little bit about co-brand partner. What, is, what does that mean? A co-brand partner means that you have gone through massive trainings. You have invested in, uh, in being a student of Les Brown and taking his certification courses and really adapting into what he has what he has to offer and when you go through any of his programs when it's a master program um, then you are also eligible to use a lot of his training materials because he understands that you're going to represent to the best and to the highest respect that you can now, there are many people that take courses 
and they're offered this and they put it aside, right? Those are the wannabes. But I take what I invest in myself and whether it's $10,000, $20,000, $500, or even a dollar, I take it very seriously into heart. And I have to give respect to those mentors that have honored me and that have given me a gift of even more than what I ever expected. So being on his platforms and being a part of him, uh, it was a manifestation that took me 32 years to do, but it, it did happen. Lindy, you you uh, said you know uh, Les called you after your breast cancer surgery. I know you're a breast cancer survivor. I am. So congratulations to that. Thank you. And I know you wrote some books. Yes. And one of the name of your book is <laughs> what is it? Squeeze my tatas. Squeeze your tatas. <laughs> was that was that written after the breast cancer surgery? I took everybody through the one year journey of the breast cancer. So from the time that I found out about it all the way until my first one year checkup. And there is a, a, a chapter in there that is written by a gentleman who also had the breast cancer. Okay. And it's an inspiring book to help you have a positive mindset through the challenge from the first second you're told I'm sorry, you have cancer. And then there's a workbook in back of it. So why did I write the book? Because I believe that that was the purpose that I was supposed to um, do having the breast cancer. And now I get to speak on many, um, many medical stages and platforms. So I always look at life as what is the purpose? So tell, and, walk, us, walk us through that, you know, if you can tell our audience about this thing. You said you, you wrote about the one-year journey. Yes. Walk us a little bit. And what inspired you to write that book? Where, you know, what happened when you found out to a year later, if you don't yeah. mind? Well, in 2017, I call that my tornado year. You know, we all have... have you know, things that go on in our lives. And a lot of it is happy and a lot of it is sad. In my mind, I, like I said, I live life on purpose. And when in 2017, um, I came down to South Florida to visit my mom, to share the brand of the happiness jungle with all of my friends that I knew down here. I was living in New Hampshire at the time. Well, my mom was in the last chapter of her life and I became her caretaker. I paused my life for a year, business and everything else, just to go ahead and take care of my mother. And during that time, I was also invited on the stage in New Hampshire for Families in Transition, and it was in September. And I said, you know, there's something that's calling me that I should not cancel that one speaking engagement. So I made sure that mom was taken care of, and I went to New Hampshire. Well, while I was there, I decided I felt great. I looked great, but it was time for my one-year checkup. I might as well get that done too. And I did. And that's when I found out I had the breast cancer. So when I found out I had the breast cancer, I was on the gurney. I had a mammogram done. They told me that they saw things. And then they had me go for a ultrasound. And that's when the doctor came in and confirmed that I had the breast cancer. And I remember just looking up at the universe and God and saying, what is the purpose? What's the purpose? And I decided to write a book and take people on the journey of the, for the one year. I'm almost three years breast cancer free, by the way. All right. And yeah. also, if I remember right, you had told me that before you were diagnosed with breast cancer, you had separated. That is correct. I was uh, with my former husband for 14 years and we were separated, but we didn't really want to end the marriage. We wanted to keep trying, but it wasn't working. And for whatever reason, it just wasn't working. And um, when I found that I had the breast cancer, if there was ever a time to reconciliate, I thought that this was the perfect time. So I asked him to come back to New Hampshire with me and go through this, not because I'm high maintenance, but because I was, I was scared. 
and I wanted to be held at night and he couldn't do that. So I had to forgive him for his weaknesses and I got a divorce three weeks into radiation. Oh. What was the purpose of the divorce during that time? Well, I created a happiness jungle emotional support body pillow that has hugged me every night since then. And now I produced it, created it, and it's helping people all over the world, whether it's for emotional support or whether it's for health issues. They have a bad back, a heart, a hip, a knee. They can't you know, find themselves to be comfortable. People use multiple pillows. So because I wrote about this pillow in my book and I share it on stages, um, everybody wanted the pillow. And I said, Lindy, produce the pillow. So it took a year and a half for that process to happen, but the pillow now exists and it's wonderful. I love it. You just produced a pillow. Is it like a regular pillow? A furry it pillow? Is, I love it. It's, it is, you know, there's a pregnancy pillow out there that's a big U shape, but it's, yeah. it's very, very big. And it serves a great purpose for women that are pregnant, but it's too much for you and I. It's too much pillow. So I went ahead and I created a different dimension of the pillow, different length, a different dimension. So it could comfort us that aren't pregnant and aren't expecting a baby. Yeah. And it's really working well. It's a unisex pillow. It's helping children as well as seniors and men and, and women. Just, just held that pillow every night and it I comforted it you. Every and, and now hundreds of people, thousands of people use them. That's yeah. awesome. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. Um, Again, uh, live life on purpose. Now, Lindy, you also write, what is your, so if I have to ask you, what does Lindy do day to day? How would you describe that? Well, you know, since the coronavirus, I believe and I hope and I pray and I help people understand that we needed to reinvent ourselves. And because I, you know, had all of my speaking engagements were canceled, first they were postponed and of course now they're canceled. Um, I had to figure out a way, okay, well, what does this look like for me? So when the coronavirus started and you were hearing about the depression of people, and people were having a very hard time, anxiety and stress and health issues, I decided, thank God for Zoom, social media, WhatsApp, that I was gonna open up my phones for free and when anybody felt that they needed to speak with somebody that they could call me. Yeah. So I opened up my lines and I was invited to still speak um, on Zoom meetings, Zoom conferences, so I was still doing what I was doing, but I also had to figure out a way to recreate because my pillows were also being sold when I was on stage. Because people saw it, they touched it, they loved it, they wanted it. Well, now they can't touch it. So pretty much everybody knows if they know me, they know about the pillow. And those, this is very interesting. And those that I spoke to, they weren't having an income coming in. They were feeling the financial pressures and still are. And they would always say, I wish I could afford a pillow. Mm -hmm. And then I had to think again, reinvention, recreate, be creative. And I know that there are many people out there that aren't having financial pressures and love to donate and pay it forward. So I set up a GoFundMe page. It's called Donate a Hug. And sure enough, people that could afford it were purchasing a pillow. Maybe it was for them. Maybe it was for somebody that they know or for a complete stranger. Lindy, and, if someone wants to go fund this page, what, 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 how do they find it? So go to gofundme.com okay. and then put in donate-a-hug. Okay. And you'll find it there. And how, so, much, and how much is it? Like, the pillow, which yeah, with shipping and handling and the whole thing, it's $98. $98. $98. So with that being said, the pillows are now, I'm going to the post office every day sending out pillows. Oh, that's so awesome. That's what, awesome. You know, what a blessing. So we, we had to understand that we had to reinvent ourselves. We could stay with what we were doing, 
but we had to figure out different ways of how to work. So that's what I do. And now I started a podcast as well. It's called I'm Crazy, But You Can't Lock Me Up. And uh, so that's, that's in its launch mode. And so I'm always thinking, what else can I contribute into the world? How can I keep on serving? Because I am a student of Zig Ziglar and Jim Rohn, a real student. They were alive um, when I was, when I really wanted to fill myself with more. Mm -hmm. So I invested in myself and I became a student of Jim Rohn's and Zig Ziglar's and, and Brian Tracy. And I even got to meet Maya Angela, all these great pillow, pillows, people that have passed away, but they're inside of me. Tell, so, us something, tell us something, share us something that you learned, you know, uh, from Zig. From Zig, I learned that number one, serve enough people, help them with the things that they need and you will always have what you want and need. If you have something that is helping you, like the body pillow, the body pillow, I cannot tell you enough to this day, I sleep with it, I travel with it, I never leave home without it. If it served me and it worked for me, then it could work for others. So if I have a product that could help others, well then I could go ahead and produce it and make it and then in return, I get back, you know what the best thing that I get back are the testimonials. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's just, it's, it's my life. Yeah, you know? It's my life, yeah. You know, you, 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 we talked about earlier when me and you were uh, talking uh, before, before the show, you, you told me something about difference between words and action can change the meaning. Yes. I would, I would really like to share that with the audience if you don't mind. Absolutely. So we could say whatever we want to say. We could, we could say we're sorry. We could say we're happy. We could say that we're going to do something. Those are words. But your actions speak louder than words. Your actions are the authentic you. And when you do something, I want you to do it because you want to do it, not because you're being forced to do it. Because if you're being forced to do it, you're not enjoying yourself and you're not enjoying the act of kindness, right? You're being forced to do something. Mm -hmm. But you may say with words something, but you're not going to follow it up by the actions. So where in fact, it's not authentic. If I say something, you could bet I'm going to do the action that I say. So be honest and be true to you and don't, don't mislead yourself or others because at the end of the day, someone's going to end up being very, remember we spoke about disappointment? Yes. You know, I don't get angry anymore. I don't remember the last time I got angry where a lot of people would get angry out of the things that have happened in my life. I get disappointed. And here's why I do that is because when I get disappointed, I don't have high blood pressure. I don't get all crazy. You know, I don't feel locked up. Now, if you and your audience would like, I want you all to say angry. Angry. Say it again, angry. Angry. And now say disappointed. Disappointed. Two totally different feelings, isn't it? Yeah, well, angry is, I'm angry, I'm hurting myself when That's I'm right. angry. Disappointed. Right. I'm disappointed in you because you did not fulfill or you did not meet what I was expecting you to be. Yeah. Uh, and, well, and you know, your verbiage is very important. So I've learned and I teach people how to share their feelings without it starting to feel like an attack. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when I, when somebody disappoints me, I just share with them, you know, I'm really disappointed. I thought, in my own mind that it was going to be this way. Exactly. And unfortunately it's not. And I'm, I'm just, I'm hurt and I'm just disappointed. And then I leave it. And that lets the person think about what you just shared with them versus I'm angry and now I'm gonna attack you and now we're gonna have an argument. And what happens in an argument? No one hears each other. 
You only hear selective words. And then you pick the selected words and you didn't hear the good, but you heard the selective words and then it's like a big blow up. When I share with you that I'm disappointed in you, you, you can't dispute I'm disappointed. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that because when I'm angry with somebody, you know, you're yelling and screaming and arguing, you're the crazy person. But when you say I'm disappointed in you, you get your point right across because you tell them, hey, you know what, I'm disappointed in you because I thought what I was buying or what I asked you to do or what you were going to do for me, you never did it. So very well put. And I loved it earlier when we talked about it. So I had to, you know, bring this uh, to, you know, with my audience because I really wanted the audience to, to hear it and get, a, get value from it as I found value in it earlier. Uh, Lynn, you, Lindy, you also uh, uh, are do some mentoring and some consulting, right? Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. I do. So because I am from the School of Hard Knocks and I am also an entrepreneur, and I've owned my brick and mortar businesses. I owned the hair salon, I owned the pet store, I dibbled and dabbled in several things, was very successful. I also got involved in a multi-level marketing company and I'm still involved in that company because I believe in the product and the, and the service that it offers delivers. And because of that, I was able to create a wonderful six-figure income from that, right? So I mentor people in regards to business because there's a beautiful fine art to sales. And every business, I don't care what business it is, sells. Because if you're not selling, you're not making money. Exactly. So people will say to me, well, we're an IT company. Okay. You have customers? Yeah. Do they pay you? Yes. How did you sell them on hiring you? You got to sell on your services. You have to. You're, you're, you sell furniture, right? Yes, ma'am. You know, it's funny. When, when you shared your furniture with uh, my stepdad, may he rest in peace, he worked for Castro Convertible. Okay. So I was, I was intrigued with the furniture industry because I would go to work with him when I was small. So when you said that you were in the furniture industry, and I'm like, I know what you do. <laughs> yep. But um, so I enjoy helping companies grow. Most importantly, I love helping companies, corporations, small mom and pops understand the true philosophy of happiness and making your customers happy. So even if they don't return because they've already bought the product, they refer you. And I teach business owners never say no. That word should never come out of your mouth. Whether you have the, the service or the product that they want, you should never say no. You should come from a place of a giving heart that you want to make sure that you're helping your client, whether you profit from it or not. So if a customer came in and wanted a certain piece of furniture from you, Sammy, and you didn't have it, I wouldn't want you to say no to me. I would want you to say, you know, I don't have that in stock, but let me find out real quick who might. And you could refer them to another store because they're not gonna be your customer because you have never had that product and you have no desire to get that product because a lot of times in, in a sales industry, you have to buy a quantity. Right. And you're not going to want to buy a quantity. And they're just looking for one chair, one couch, one stool, one table, right? right? But if you said to them, hey, Lindy, I don't carry that product. However, let me find out for you right now who does in this area. Say, I can't guarantee their customer service, but I can help you locate your item. And you could quickly Google it. And now what you did it's about how you make people feel. Exactly. So you have made this person feel that no matter what, you cared enough about them that you went the extra mile. You referred them, and don't you think for a second that they're not gonna tell their friends and family about you. Oh yeah. And their friends and family are gonna to wanna to come to you to see what furniture do you have for them. Exactly. 
you know, Lindy, I got to tell you something. So, you know, we live in a different age now and, and reviews, you know, dictate how your business goes, mm -hmm. right? And one thing we were finding challenges in is that people, when they have good service from you, very, it's very hard to get a good review from them. But when they have a bad, when they, something bad experience, they write a novel, right? Yes. And there's no stopping. Nope. The novel is going to get written. They, they all become these expert writers. And uh, so, so, you know, what I did is like, I'm like, you know, and we just live in this, in, we just live in a society that everybody's so busy, right? So about, about nine months or a year ago, what I started doing is when my people, when my customer buy furniture from me, about two, three weeks after the furniture is delivered, everything is good. We send them cookies. Okay. So we, I found, I located this uh, company called Tiff Streets and it's, it has become really popular in Houston, Austin, in Texas area, South Texas. So I sent them that and you're not going to believe it. Like people will call us and say, I love the cookies. And they'll, they'll like, Hey, you love them. Yes. Can you write a review for us? And at that, at that point, a lot of them will write reviews. Yes. And, uh, and you know, you the magic cookie, you got the magic cookie. Yeah. You have to, you have to honor your client. You have to. And so, I'm not in the cookie business, but I'm That is brilliant. And that's what I teach. Gratitude goes a long way. And you're absolutely right. Negative. I mean, look at Facebook. Look at all the social media. If you go to my page, whether it's Lindy Eldridge or the Happiness Jungle or I'm crazy and you, you can't lock me up fan page, you'll notice there's never anything negative. If you look around on other people's pages and all of a sudden they write something negative about whatever, boy, that feed just goes on and on and on and on and on and, on and it's a mile long, right? A mile long. But for a positive, people may like it, click. You have a lot of, I have a lot of ghosts. A lot of people say, Lindy, I follow you. You inspire me every single day. And I asked them, how come you never like it or click it? They said, because I don't want to be part of the feed. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Or leave a comment. Or leave a comment. Or yeah. leave a comment. They, they, because then they are wrapped up in, in every time that there's a comment made, they get a ding. Yeah. That's their excuse. Okay, that's fine. I like that. And I understand that. Um, and, and here's, you know, and, and you're, you know, you're doing it. You waited a little bit of time. You recontacted your client. How is everything? Are you happy? You, you ask those questions. You know, people don't do that anymore. So I applaud you for that. And then you send them cookies. Now I want to buy furniture from you, Sammy, because I want cookies. But um, these are the important things. If you want good feedback you have to ask and you have to earn it i do it for two reasons the cookies and and here i'll, I'll put out the secret over here right you know people are most happier happiest when they buy something yes and i'm happy when i buy a piece of candy i mean i don't know about anybody else but i promise you if i go buy me a piece of chocolate bar or candy bar or whatever i'm very happy okay yeah. it's you know this Euphoria kicks in, right? So when people buy furniture, they're very happy. Car, furniture, anything they can buy, That's right? Okay. People are just happy. But when they, once they buy and they get the stuff, the euphoria kick, you know, it settles back down and day later you forget about it, mm -hmm. right? But when I remind you two weeks later, or three weeks later, or four weeks later, or five weeks later, hey, thank you. Here goes a cookie. All of a sudden you start thinking about what other room am I working on? You know, or you take that cookie to your workplace or the next day at your workplace, you, you're talking to your, at the water cooler or the coffee pot. You're talking about, can you believe it? This furniture store sent me these cookies. And that's how I grow my business. And I mean, you know, even though things that, and, or, or, or just a simple post or a story on social media, can bring me one more customer and, and, and you know we have to keep growing organically yes. uh, you know and 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 I, I, I truly believe in that 
And like I said, like you said, we call the customer after delivery. We, you know, we, we make sure everything is okay. But just that saying that, hey, thank you, can go long ways. You know, and, and, and if they had a bad experience, because nobody's perfect, right? We make mistakes. It's a human uh, connection. Once they get the cookie, they tend to forgive you because now you try to make it up with some sweets. And everybody loves sweets. For that. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully it doesn't go on Yelp because you can never get it off of Yelp. Oh, my God. Let's yeah. not talk about Yelp. That's another podcast session. Yeah, yeah. I, I won't even put my business on Yelp because I don't find it to be a fair ground to be on. It's I not really fair. Don't. It's not it's, fair. It's not a fair ground. It's now, not earlier fair. today, you, you, you told me about, you said, good to have contest, bad to have competition with, mm -hmm. with, in your organization. Yes. And, and, I, and I said I was going to bring that up because I didn't want to ask you earlier, but what does that mean? Yeah. So I love contest. Okay, and I love good competition, but there are times when when we have a contest. Okay, when I owned my salon, or even when I worked at a salon, and they would have a contest. Okay, so I only would sell my client a product that would help them. So it was honest. If I won the contest, it was completely honest, right? But now the hairstylist next to me was competing and would sell the junk, didn't care, didn't matter. It lost heart and it lost soul and it lost your authenticness. So what I share with people is when you have a contest, just like what I shared earlier, when you help enough people have what they need and they want, in return, you are rewarded greatly. So a contest is amazing and it's great. It makes you stretch and strive. But the competition for some is overwhelming that they become selfish instead of selfless. Uh -huh. So it's important that when you're doing a contest that you're doing a contest because you know you're doing it. The reward is great. Um, you know, now if it's a contest where you need votes or something, of course, you're going to reach out to everybody that you know and go vote for me, vote for me, vote for me, right? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all, because that's what we do. But when you're dealing with a contest of product, we have to make sure that those products don't come back. Yeah, I get it. I get See? it. See? So because I love contests. And, and let me just put a positive twist on competition. I love competition when it comes in my industry. So when I owned my pet store, there was another pet store, maybe about four miles from me. They didn't do what I did and I didn't do what they did. However, the owner of that pet store found me to be a very big threat. That was his problem. Mm -hmm. So instead of looking at the competition and trying to work together, since we did the different things. I never sold purebred puppies, okay, or cats. I wanted to make a difference in the pet industry. And I was an adoption center for the Humane Society, the rescue organizations, Cat Rescue. He sold purebreds. Now, wouldn't it have been smarter for him to have worked with me instead of me you know, him feeling like I was a competition to him, wouldn't it have been smarter? Because there are many people that number one, can't afford a purebred, that they want to adopt, for him to say, oh, you want to adopt? Go over to Pugsley's. Because when somebody wanted a purebred, they didn't care how much it was going to cost. That's what they wanted. I would have said, go over there. And I would go and I would share with them because I knew that his puppies were in puppy mills. He was a stand-up guy, right? So competition. When I was opening up my pet store and I really wanted to understand the pet industry, uh -huh. I would go to my competitors that wouldn't feel threatened by me. And I would go 25 miles at least out of my radius of where my location was going to be 
and I was honest. So I'd walk into you and I'd say, hey, my name is Lindy and you tell me it's Sammy. I said, Sammy, you got a beautiful pet store here. I'm opening up a new pet store over in Western Florida that's like 30 miles from you. And I would just like to know, would you like to share with me some really good tips on how I could be successful in that area? And you know, number, there were two things that happened. They appreciated that I come in and I wasn't spying on them. Right. And that they knew that I, ex that I was in existence. I was 30 miles. People in the neighborhood aren't driving 30 miles for dog food or cat food or anything. Yeah. So I love competition because it keeps me on my toes. I want to know what is this store doing that they have so much business and I'm not. What is that, right? So I would make sure that I would speak to my competitors that didn't feel threatened by me. Gotcha. So, so now, but when, you know, like your, like your competitor, there's still a lot of people who are narrow-minded. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm going to yeah. call that narrow-minded. Yes. Right? And they feel threatened. Like, I love my store next to my competitor. Yeah. Okay. And I don't mind being next to a healthy competi competition. Right. Uh, because, number one, if we are together, then all of a sudden we are, we have a market. Whatever yes. I don't have, the consumer can buy it from the next place. But they're all coming to the to the same place. Yeah. So I love competition. I mean, but but some people, you gotta understand, business owners are a totally different breed of people. Yes, they are. And they have big egos. Yes, they do. Size of Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. And, and I mean, you know, and, and you work with them. So, I mean, I'm sure, you know, uh, business owners, uh, uh, you know, Zig Ziglar said, remember I told you never stop learning. Uh, you, you are in the classroom uh, with, with, you know, and, and you can only get ahead if you don't ever stop learning or you don't, you know, I'm not quoting it right, but that's the, you know, the essence is that. And uh, some business owners, they think they know it all. And I know you face, I know you face a lot of them. I know you talk to a lot of them and I know you've come through, come across a lot of them. Mm -hmm. How do you go through that challenge when a business owner is maybe is interviewing you or hiring or hired you and now has just become this impossible person that every time it's like a brick wall? Yes. So number one, I don't look to get hired. I look to qualify my clients. Okay. Are they willing to learn? Are they willing to make the changes and which goes with the mindset or are they those ego pride, you know, macho people. And if they are and they're not willing to change. Well, I could tell you right now that if, if the CEO is that way, the staff is that way. Mm -hmm. So I share with the with the owners, I could help your business, the profit line goes so high and it starts with you. So I've looked around your store. I've done some research, you know, and now we're speaking. So may I ask you some questions? And they always say yes. And I'm like, the first person that I have to work with in this company is you. Because all of your employees model what you do. Mm -hmm. So are you willing just to spend some quality time with me so I can just help you just tweak certain habits that you have that aren't working for you and your company? And they ask me what it is. And I tell them what I saw and what I feel. And I said, and if you do this and if you tweak it, you're going to see a happier staff, which means that you're going to have happier customers and your profit is going to go up. Now I do fall into the, excuse me, the pompous asses that will not, they say, no, I'm not going to change. I hired you to work with my employees. Mm -hmm. And I said, it's not going to work. Happiness equals success. Never confuse that. Happiness equals success. If I'm not happy helping your, your company, I'm not going to have success. I'm going to be miserable at night. I'm going to go home and I'm going to feel emotionally drained because it was so hard to get the company to do 
what I know is a proven system that works. So I can't tell you how many companies that I have said, you know, I'm not the right business mentor for you. And they're like, well, what does that mean? It means that you can't pay me enough because you're not willing to do what, what, what it needs. And you want me to just immediately go work with your staff when your staff looks at you and says, well, you know, Sydney, he, this is how he talks to the customers. This is what, how he does it. Who are you to tell us that we shouldn't do what he does? Ugh. His company or is he's the CEO? You know, so I love working with companies that, and I tell them, I said, you know, this place could be incredible. Coworkers could be working together instead of looking at one another and saying, well, that's not my job. I like a company to say, oh my gosh, you need help. I can help you. I have an extra five minutes. I just got done with what I'm doing. Yeah, I'll help you. Show me what you need done. Just a little bit of, of kindness in a company sets a different tone. I've gone into companies and I have somebody who really is burnt out of what they do. Now, in every industry, in every company, there are different departments and there are different things to get done. I share with the owner, you may not have to look very far for that spot to be filled because so-and-so in this department is really burnt out and wants to do something else and loves, doesn't want to leave the company. What if we took this person and that person who is also burnt out and doesn't like what they do and switch them mm -hmm. and let them both know and learn something new. They're like, will that work? I said, we don't know if we don't try. And it usually works every time. Usually works. Now, let me, Lindy, let me ask you, uh, you, you know, you, you, have said, you said happiness earlier, the, you know, you have this happiness jungle why is happiness so important and what does happiness mean to you okay so there's happiness and there's joy and i want people to realize that happiness it truly is it's just like what you just said it really is material things it's a vacation it's the time that we spend right now you know i'm so happy right now right this coffee this co it makes me so happy right now but then i drink it and then it's over and I felt happy. And I'll even say, yeah, I felt happy when I was drinking that coffee. Uh-huh. If you understand that happiness, like the couch that I, that, I, that I own, I love my couch, right? And it brought me, like you said, great happiness when I found it and I finally bought it and it was delivered. Well, then I took it for granted because now it's in my home, but I, I appreciate it. But I want to add joy into the factor. Because joy is inner peace, is inner calmness. If you're satisfied, then you have peace and joy. So happiness and joy go together. So before joy comes, there's has, there should always be happiness, right? Because uh, you can't have peace if, if there's never been happiness. So happiness and joy, they come together as one, um, but it takes them both to simultaneously work together. So why is happiness and joy so important to me? Because I was brought up in a very toxic home. I was brought up in a home where nobody liked me. They didn't love me. They didn't like me. They told me I had no self-worth. They told me that I was every, everything that you could possibly imagine. I was treated horribly. I am the youngest of three. My sister and my brother were treated like the kings and the queens. And outside of my home, I was always happier. I was happy because people liked me, which brought me joy and inner peace. But as soon as I came home, I didn't have happiness in my home. I didn't have joy in my home. So happiness is very important to me because I understand what it's like. Just, it's like a movie, right? You know how they do movies. Here's a room and then there's a room, but we think it's a whole house. Mm -hmm. But every door leads into another place. Mm -hmm. So happiness is very important to me because I believe that no matter where you are, you are entitled to be happy and to bring joy into your life.
if it is not there, then it's up to you. It's your responsibility to leave the, that space and understand what it's like to fall back into like and love with you. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Now, let me ask you a personal question. You have any kids, grandkids? I do. <laughs> tell, me, so, tell, me, tell me a little bit about that. Okay, so I told you that I was brought up in a toxic environment, and I wrote a book. It's called Tears of Fears Behind Closed Doors. Okay. It's to help people get out of a toxic relationship safe. Mm -hmm. So when I was 18, I got married. I thought I was marrying Prince Charming. He was a monster. He, it was domestic violence all over again. However, what was the purpose? My daughter. When she was 15 months old, I got a divorce. That's when I found out about Les Brown. So here's the story with Les Brown. He was on the television. That day, my 15-month-old daughter just had a number of shots. And we all know what happens when babies have shots. They don't want to be put down, and you're not doing anything for the Thank rest you. of the day. Well, when my former husband, the first one, when he came home, there was always dinner on the table. I believed that the man's man is the king of his home. Even though I worked, even though I was a mom, that's what I believed. I love to nurture my man, right? But that day, the house wasn't cleaned, but it was clean. There was no food. I did not cook. I couldn't put the baby down. How do you work with the baby over a stove? You don't. So he came home as a madman. But about five minutes before he came home, I turned on the television and it was PBS, the public broadcasting station, right? We only had a few channels on the television, not like it is today. And it was Les Brown. I didn't know who he was. And all of a sudden, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, it's like I, I melted into him and he said, you have greatness within you. You deserve better. You know, and he just kept on going on and on. And I was like, wow. And then five minutes later, his name is Anus in my book. He comes home ranting. Normally, that's what I heard. His rant and his screaming, but I didn't hear it that time. All I heard was like Charlie Brown, wah, 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 wah. As I'm holding this baby in my arms, Les Brown is looking at me as far as I was concerned. And that was the divine change in my complete life. And I looked up at, at Anus and I said, we are getting divorced. We are getting divorced and it's gonna happen tomorrow. I am going to a divorce attorney. He said, who the hell is gonna want you? You're ugly, you have a child, you have no self-worth, you have nothing with it. all the things that the abusers say, right? The narcissists say to, say to us. And I looked at him and I said, I'm not leaving you for anybody. I believe I deserve more. And even though I believed in the vows and he knew how much I believed in my marriage vows and how I would never want to get a divorce because my mom and dad got divorced when I was a year and a half old, I knew that I never wanted to get a divorce, but I had to stop thinking that way because that was, was hurting me. And he was using that as a weapon. But once Les Brown started talking to me, I was like, that's it. And then I dove so far into personal development, I can't tell you. I became a student and I just started liking myself. I, I realized my self-worth. I realized how, what a wonderful person I am what a great mother I am. So yes, I have a daughter who's now 35, who has granted me with four beautiful granddaughters and a wonderful son-in-law. Last week I was at Universal Studios for two days riding on roller coasters. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Mimi Brown, baby boy, uh -huh. in your life. That's right. And I tell him that every single time. And, and never- you know, Michael, you know why he changed your life? Because he was hungry. <laughs> he was hungry and I was starving. <laughs> you know, that's the line that made him famous. When he, was he, yes, when he was on his first I think stage. I shared with you earlier today. One, 
I don't know what was I looking for. I was I was somewhere one day, and I and I, I googled motivation speech, and Les Brown speech came in, and I'm looking and 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 it's on YouTube, and he's in this church, and I'm like I don't want to I want to go, but all of a sudden, the you know the word he said exactly you deserve more you yeah. know. Yeah, and, I'm like, and, I, and it just memorized, mesmerized me, right? So I yes. kept, kept watching it. And then he just started talking. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I just couldn't stop listening to him. And yeah. months went by. Every day, you know, I, I like to run in the morning. So I'll go to the gym and I'll watch. I mean, I, I might have seen so many videos again, listen to him again and again and again and again. And it just never gets old. And every time I listen to Les Brown, it makes me happy. By the way, when you were telling me what you were watching on uh, PBS, it gave me goosebumps all over. So I mean, you know, and I, I, I mean, he's, he's he's great. You know, Jim Rohn is a is a great speaker. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of them. I mean, you know, I can I can tell you. And I mean, you know, there's greatness in all of them, right? Yes. There's yes. greatness in all of them. Yes. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk, the new, you know, even though he might say some stuff crazy sometimes, but I mean, it, I mean, I like it. I mean, you know, yeah. Eric, uh, Eric Thomas, I, I mean, I don't know if you ever listened to Eric yes. Thomas. Yes. Uh, I love him. Even um, the guy, uh, AC Fletcher was, I think he's like a big bodybuilder. Uh, he has a heart transplant, his heart filled. And, uh, and I mean, you know, I mean, everybody have greatness in them. And I, I and I, I believe, Everyone have a story. Yes. And everyone has something to say that can inspire hundreds, if not thousands. That is correct. As long I mean, as they decide that they don't want to be victims anymore. Exactly. You cannot live life as a victim. You have to live it as a victor. And you have to live it as life on purpose. Okay, so what was the purpose, right? So being a student of less, being a student of Jim and Zig, and, and just absorbing all of them inside of me. It was up to me to take that knowledge and become the person I want to be. Because yeah. like you said it before, negative will overpower positive. Just oh. like, just like, you know, negative, negative equal evil. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, it's blows your mind. But it's true. It's true. So I work with people that are willing to be uncomfortable with changing. You, you have to be uncomfortable. It, the change, to change, you have to be uncomfortable. You have to it's, be just uncomfortable. Like, it's just like your body, right? If you want to go to the gym and you want to, if you're overweight and you want to work on it, you have to get uncomfortable. There's no, what do they say? No pain, no gain. That's right. And that's the way it is, no matter what, no matter what. And you're never too old to, to learn. Never. I don't believe that you can't teach new dogs new tricks. I've taught many old dogs new tricks, and they are so happy. I've met people that were absolutely the meanest people that you could ever imagine. And you, they said to me, how do I be more like you? I don't want to be this way anymore. And I'm like, well... Are you willing to change? Are you willing to be observant enough to know that when this feeling is going to come out, that you are going to suppress it, you're going to ponder it, you're going to put a piece of duct tape on your mouth so you don't say anything, and you're going to think of another way how you could word it, handle that situation better. And if you're willing to do that, I'm willing to mentor you. But if you keep on saying, I can't, I can't, I can't, I won't mentor you. That's awesome. I wish you luck. <laughs> uh, Lindy, uh, if someone says, you know what, I would like to talk to you, I would like to connect with you, where can they find you? I mean, can they find you? Where on social media are you? Well, if they, my whole brand is Happiness Jungle. So if you just remember that alone, you can go to happinessjungle.com and go to the get in touch with me tab. Let me know that, you know, that they saw me on Sammy's show. Uh, Facebook, Happiness Jungle, Instagram, Happiness Jungle, 
YouTube, Happiness Jungle. I have a array of videos. I, I have a TV show uh, that's been based out of Nashua, New Hampshire for the last four years, and the episodes are on the YouTube channel. Everything's in a playlist. And now, you know, of course, the podcast. So that's, that's, I think that's the easiest way. And on Facebook, Lindy Eldridge, Happiness Jungle, inbox me, and I am going to be yours. Again, three books, right? Um, I have co-authored in many business books and personal development books. I have two books, Tears of Fears Behind Closed Doors, Squeeze My Tatas, and my happiness book will come out eventually. I'm, the, I'm just not in no hurry, I guess. If, you know, with you, you told me earlier, you know, with COVID, you know, things, people have changed and, you know, you learned a lot of things and, you know, you did this GoFundMe page, now you're on Zoom and everything. If you have a message for the audience, people who are listening, and they find themselves lost with this COVID, during, you know, and, Yes. They, they, they don't have a job, they've lost it, and they just find themselves lost. And they're yeah. looking for this one inspirational thing, just like what you were le looking for when Les told you uh, that, that, that night, that evening, when yeah. you turned on the TV, what would that be? Um, I would ask them to get in touch with me and, and let's, let's do a process of elimination. Because you're so upset of what's going on in life that I know that when we talk, we do a process of elimination of the things that when you were growing up that you used to fantasize about and you used to love, you know, the passion's always been within you. A lot of people, after I talk to them, they realize, you know what? It was a blessing about Corona because I couldn't stand going to work every day. I didn't like what I was doing. So then I'm like, well, share with me. And I take them through a list of share with me what you like to do, because whatever you like to do in this world, you can do it. Look at Etsy. Look at all the crafters out there. My daughter is a prime example of, of Etsy. So before my daughter had her last child, who was eight years old, my daughter worked for Apple loved Apple, loved working for Apple, loved going to work every day. She became the first woman expert in the New England area for Apple. She was pregnant. She worked to the last minute before the doctor said, it's time to go to the hospital. That's how much she loved her job. After she had the baby, she contracted C. diff and colitis. And that was it. She couldn't go back to work because she needed a bathroom by her to this day. Okay. So she said to me, mom, what am I going to do? And I said, take it easy and you'll figure it out. Listen to this story. So her and her husband, they weren't married at the time. Um, they went into Home Depot to get a piece of wood. She thought, well, maybe I'll paint wood. I don't know what I'm going to do, right? But she just started thinking of the things, well, maybe she, what she likes to do. He sees this wood burning tool. He takes it off of the stand and he looks and he said, Sika, take, let's buy this. She says, well, what is that? He said, it's a wood burning tool. She said, what is that? He said, I don't know. She says, I'm not buying that. He bought it. <laughs> he bought it they get home he has a piece of wood he goes um let's empty the bag and out came this wood burning tool and she's like i can't believe you bought that so she says well i might as well plug it in and she started to doodle fast forward eight years later my daughter is one of the number one best sellers on etsy and she her company is called Whoobies corner and she burns inspirational quotes and sayings and stuff on wood. Wood, oh, <laughs> look at that. And all of a sudden where she didn't want to buy a wood burner, now that's what she does. And so she makes them like, a, like little plaques and stuff yeah. like that. People buy yeah. that on Etsy. People get married and they want their names on stuff. They have yeah. a dog, they I've, have- I've seen you know, that. 
they want a sign in the bathroom that's called Get Naked. <laughs> Whatever they want to do, she does it. I get it. Does it. She has one of the most thriving businesses that I've ever seen. She's one of those stories that said, I know I need to do something. I have to figure it out. And, 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 and anyone who's listening, they, if they, they need to do something and they can figure it out, they can do it. 100 percent because everybody has a gift and everybody wants not everybody is is your customer right not everybody is my client not everybody is your customer however however you have a special gift within you now let's learn how to apply it and get it going exactly and crafters on etsy they're all different crafters, all different from leather to jewelry to wood to, it, it, it blows my mind. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little story and then we'll, we're coming towards the end of the show. But one of my, this, this guy that I know, he is, uh, he was in the bridal, he was in the wedding business. He had a big company. They, they'll do video, they'll do all the videos, the photos in the wedding. They'll have the DJ. So they did all that. They, they set up your stage, the decor, the the picture wall, everything. So, I mean, they were like, you know, one shop, you one shop stop, right? You can get the DJ for the wedding. You can get the, they'll, they'll fix your stage for you. They'll even do the, the, the dance floor. They'll do a, a picture wall, you know, backdrop. Uh, they'll, they'll, they even had like a, a, where you do those Photoshop photo things. You know, you take, you know, people wear different hats and everything everything right they'll, they'll take the photos the videos everything but when corona happened there's no more big weddings right and he got this so so he need to something to do so i just ran into him about uh two three weeks ago and i said well you know how how's, how's it been what, what you've been up to and this and that and he said well you know and i was sitting and and uh and you know all of a sudden i'm like well i need to do something with it so he's like i you know when all these masks and sanitizer and PPE stuff came out. I started meeting with people and started brokering this. And he said, so I'm doing really good. He said, you know, I'm doing really good. I needed to, you know, I had a big overhead. I rent to pay and everything. He said, honestly, I haven't done any videos, but I'm doing really good because I figured out something else to do for the meanwhile until things go back to normal. So, so I mean, anybody can figure out what to do. We're yes. coming to the, towards the end of our show, and I ask all my guests this one question. Yes. If this was the last day on earth, and now we all got to go to the next world, right? Hereafter. And your books have been erased, your videos have gone, and you want to leave something for your granddaughters or their kids, and you have a pen and a paper, and you can leave them with three things, and it can be anything, right? how to live life, what to do, you know, just be in happiness. What will those three things be? Share it with us, share it with our audience. Okay, one of them, I give a red heart out. I've been giving these red hearts out all over the world for over 40 years. One of the things, if I didn't have those red hearts anymore, I would draw a heart. Because everybody understands behind that heart, it means to be a kind, compassionate, giving, caring person. The other thing that I would leave on the paper, this is a very good question. No one's ever asked me this question before. The other thing, and I ha you said I have nothing, right? I just have a piece of paper and a pen. Yes. That's it. So I could write. Yes. And I would write, remember to always treat others as you wish to be treated. That's good. And number three, always value self. Explain that one, always value self. Always value self. So nobody will be able to tear you down. Always know your self-worth. Because okay. when somebody comes across like a Prince Charming and all of a sudden these things start changing, one of the first signs of abuse is you say, I'm sorry a lot. Yeah. I'm sorry. You say you're sorry to, to somebody who tripped and wasn't even next to you. 
you're like, I'm sorry, because now you're getting used to saying, I'm sorry, because you feel like, you know, you've done something wrong. So um, never say sorry if it's not meant. If it's not meant. All right. So, you know, the, those, that, I love that one. Always value self. I mean, you know, because your self-worth is everything to you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, uh, Lindy. One last question, and then we call it quits. You're stomping me. Go ahead. <laughs> your point of view of humility. Say that again? Your point of view about humility. About humility. What is your definition of humility? That's what I, I mean, you know, to be humble. Why is it so important to, you know, how important is it to be humble to be in life? Why is it important? Because you said earlier we were talking about it and it kind of slipped my mind. Uh, you said the CEO basically, uh, you know, leaves the impression on the rest of the staff. Yes. And if the CEO is, uh, uh, you That's said, said <laughs> yeah. I mean, so why is humility so important or to be humble so important? Or what is your point of view about that? It's your legacy. How do you want to be remembered? If you're not humble and your papa says people remember you as, as that. You know, how, how, how do you want to be remembered? I know how I want to be remembered. And like Les Brown says, and we'll, we'll close with that, I want to make sure I leave this world empty, that I've given every positive thing that I could to the universe so it could carry on. So if, if, I'm, if I'm mean, then that's the legacy that I leave behind. And no one's going to want to follow that. Mm -mm. And, but if I leave behind who I truly am, then I've inspired and I've made a difference in the world. And you've left an impression. And I've left an impression. Thank you so much, Lindy. Thank you for getting on this show. Hopefully I get you back again. Thank you, you know, soon, Because there's so much more we can share. Yes, yes. And, and you know, people can buy people gifts and people can give people money go to dinner, but there's one thing that is such a precious commodity and that's time. And I appreciate you and I thank you for donating your time to me, to my audience and to the world. And for that, I thank you. And I thank you back. Gratitude goes in a full circle. Thank you so much, Lindy. We thank learned you. a lot from you today. I appreciate it, thank you. I appreciate you, bye-bye, Sammy. Bye-bye. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Lindy Eldridge. Now let's go out there and make shit.